year. The series is entitled, in case you have not been following closely, I Need More. And this is the 10th iteration. And for those of you who are looking at your scriptures, again, it's Exodus chapter 33, which has served as the foundation of these messages, Exodus chapter 33. Now, it's been a long exegetical task of taking apart Exodus 33, so don't expect me to try to pluck that tonight. I really want to lift off the surface of it something that is implied by it that we need to take a look at. And if you look at the text, as Moses has made his request before the Lord, I want to do this. Let's look back beginning at verse 17. The Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have asked, for you have found favor, loving kindness, mercy in my sight, and I have known you personally by name. Then Moses said, please show me your glory. God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. For I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show compassion, that is love and kindness, on whom I will show compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place beside me, and you shall stand there on the rock. And while my glory is passing by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock and protectively cover you with my hand until I pass by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. God's holy word for us. It's interesting to me that Moses makes this request of God, the I need more request. And it is a request that actually just seeks affirmation. It almost asks God afresh, I need to be affirmed. I can't hear it up here. I need to be affirmed. I need to know what you are doing in the earth realm. I need to know that you're going to be with me. And I actually do believe that the bigger the trial, the more the pressure you're under, the more the, more the obstacles seem larger, the more you need an assurance of where God is in the middle of it. You know, when it's nothing big, you, you almost can say, I can do it on my own. I want God with me, but I got this. But when it's something really major, you just want to know, are you really there? Are you really there? Are you around me? Are you close to me? You know, it, it's, um, I, I told you this once before, a little girl is in the midst of a storm, and her father, she's all upset because of the storm, And her parents in the other room, and she's in her room, and the storm is really bad. And she hears the storm making noise, and she calls out, and her father comes into her. And she, her father looks at her and says, baby, everything is okay. We're here. You know, we we got you. It's all right. There's no problem. And she looks at them, and and she looks at her father, and she she says, I know. He he says, "And, and besides, God is with you, and you're okay. God is with you. And she looks at him and said, I know, Daddy, but right now, I need love with skin on. 
And there are times where you just need to be affirmed. I just need to know you're really here. I need to know we're really tight. This is going to work out. My, my life is in a place now where I need to be sure. Uh, the old people used to say, uh, and you all said it, I know, a thousand times in testimony. You, you want to be one of those persons that I know that I know that I know. And, and you know, at, at some point, you want to know that you know. And Moses puts out for us this idea, God assure me. God, show me something beyond what I currently see. And he specifically says, I want to see your glory. Now, I have been playing up the fact, and, and, and intentionally so, that Moses' request does not get answered the way Moses asked. And I want to start there because there are three things that I think that we're responsible for as believers, as people that pray, as people that trust God and ask God. I think there are three things that we have to realize that we are responsible for. And don't, don't leave it all on God. Don't just, don't just leave it all that God's going to give me whatever it is he wants me to have. No, there are three things that we're responsible for. Number one, we're responsible to put in the request, to make the request. Now, let me, let, me, let me make this real clear. I'm responsible for making the request. What I'm not responsible for is the result. I'm responsible for putting in the request. I'm not responsible for the result. And that's what God proves to Moses. Moses makes the request, but the result is not exactly how, how he has laid it out. Each of us has to learn how to let our request be made known to God. You, you know, I, I know um, uh, it, people don't do it anymore. Old-fashioned prayer meetings are not what they used to be. Calls for prayer ain't what they used to be. Sometimes even altar prayer ain't what it used to be. You know, uh, some people will pray and some people will just wait patiently waiting for the prayer to end so they can hear the sermon and go home. Uh, they see it as one more thing to check off on the program list during the worship experience. But, but, but the request is important. I need to put it out before God. God, I need you. God, I need something more than what I can do on my own. You see, in my flesh, what I have access to in my flesh is different than what you have. And, 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 and the psalmist understood this. Write down Psalm 21 and go back and read it sometime. There, the chief musician puts forth the Psalm of David. And he says, the king shall, shall, joy, shall joy in thy strength, O Lord, and in thy salvation. How greatly shall he rejoice? Thou hast given him his heart's desire and has not withholden the request of his lips. You, you, you've given him his heart's desire and you have not withhold the request of his lips. Lord, what does that mean? I've asked you for some things and you've given them to me. Verse 3, for thou preventest him with the blessings of goodness. Thou settest a crown of pure gold on his head. He asked life of thee, 
and thou gavest to it him. Even length of days forever and ever. His glory is great and his salvation, honor and majesty hast thou laid upon him. For thou hast made him most blessed forever. Thou hast made him exceedingly glad with his countenance. For the king trusteth in the Lord. And through the mercy of the Most High, he shall not be moved. God has met his request, but the king has offered to God his trust. God, I, I, I put these things before you, and the musician says, God, you have answered the request of your servant David. You have been there. You've done what you promised that you would do. And, and, I, and I, I do want to put this forward. I know this might sound a little rough. But, but God answers prayers, not wishes. Pray. Call upon him. You know, he, he tells you to call upon me and I will show you great and mighty things that you know not of. If we refuse to call upon him, we also put ourselves in a position where the blessings we should have, we won't have. I do believe that the way God has set up the system is that there are points in our life when we have to give God permission to do what God wants to do. I, I think sometimes we, we get in God's way. You know, you, you just won't let me bless you, will you? And some of us get in the, I'm not going to let God bless me business because we're going to do it our own way. We're going to make up our own minds. We don't trust that God knows what we need. Look at Philippians chapter 1. Paul mentions that he's praying for the church at Philippi. And in chapter 1, he gives his salutation before them. Verse 2, 3, and 4 just really lift me up. He says, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. He said, look, I, whenever I think about you, I thank God. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. And he says, look, and I'm not just thanking him, but always in every prayer of mine for you all making requests with joy. He says, look, I'm, I'm praying for you. I'm, I'm praying, I'm praying about you. And, and I'm making those requests with joy in my heart. I know that God's going to do it. Verse 5. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he that has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He says, I'm praying for you. I, I definitely believe that there's power in prayer. Let me tell you something. Moses does not get his prayer request answered the way he wanted to, but I guarantee you he saw more than he would have saw if he hadn't prayed the prayer. You know, if you shoot for the stars and you land next to the moon, you're a lot higher than you were when you started out. But some of us are not even shooting for anything. We aim at nothing and we hit it every time. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. I'm responsible for putting out my request. Chapter 4, verse 6, you ought to hold this dear. He says, be careful for nothing, but in everything. Uh, but in what? 
but in what? Everything. By prayer and supplication with a hallelujah. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. I have to put the request out there. God, this is what I need. I need your mercy. I need your blessing. I need you to move on my behalf. And, and I know sometimes when you're praying, you, you're looking around like, I'm, I don't know if this will happen or that will happen. And, and those are very normal things. But, but it's, not my, it's not my responsibility to get the result. But it's my responsibility to ask. I, I still have to ask. I, I don't know if it'll work out or not. I still have to ask. I don't want to miss a blessing because I wouldn't pray. I don't want to miss a blessing because I wouldn't ask. I don't want to be so proud. Uh, you, you know, back in the day, some of y'all are from my day and a few days earlier, as a matter of fact. Fellow, fellow used to sing a song to his woman. Ain't too proud to beg. Some of y'all wouldn't understand what I mean. You, 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 yeah, if, if in my flesh I can be in a position where I ain't too proud to go for what I want, then what about my, my spiritual life? I ain't too proud to ask you, God. I can't do this on my own. I can't handle this by myself. I can't work through this alone. I know, I know I should be able to. I know other people might have dealt with it differently. They might have had other experiences than I've had. But in my experience, God, if you don't help me, the old saints used to sing, if the Lord don't help us, we can't stand the storm. If you don't help me, I can't make it. Now, in making the request, I cannot get to the place where I believe every request is going to be filled. Ain't going to happen. Just because I ask doesn't mean God's going to give it to me my way. I wish I could control God. Because I promise you things will be different. We'll be changing some things. I promise you. I promise you things will be different. Look here. I can't control my wife, so you know I can't control God. Whom I see every day. You know I can't control God. Some other husbands in here want to say amen. Y'all don't be scared. <laughs> not, not all requests are going to get a positive response. But it doesn't mean I shouldn't ask. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Beginning at verse 7, here's how Paul looked at his life situation. 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning at verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure. I want to stop right there before I move on. Before I move on. When you read this, please, and this might sound heretical, but, but hear what I'm going to say, 
before you get mad. Please don't read this simply as God told Paul, your ailment is from Satan to keep you from getting proud. Don't read it that way. Instead, read it as Paul's assessment of his situation. That God, maybe what, you, maybe what you're doing in my life is you're allowing this thing here to keep me in check. Are you following? See, sometimes, sometimes I, I don't want you to believe that every ailment or every trial is some messenger from the devil. Every sickness. Well, is the devil bought this because God wanted me to go through this? No. Some things you go through just because you're a human being. You know, you, 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 don't, you don't eat the plain plants and herbs. You know, back when, when, when I was young, everybody chewed tobacco. Just about everybody smoked. And folk were living to be 100 years old. I'm telling you now, they're living to be 100 years old. You know, they, they, they be around there, they drink corn liquor. White lightning. Some of y'all don't know about that. This is Southern right here. Lived to be 100 years old. Some still had all their teeth. All their toothpicks in their mouth. Still getting up sunrise in the morning. Going to bed sunset. What's the difference? I guarantee you they didn't know nothing about the pesticides we use now. They didn't know nothing about these, these growing ages that are being used to help stuff grow. This, these, this corn that is not made from regular corn seed. They had no idea about some of the junk that we're putting inside of the beef or how fat the chicken's getting because somebody shot it up. And now the chicken's so swollen, the leg break won't get to the table. Chicken can't even walk on that leg. That bird's so fat, he can't, he can't even walk on the leg. And now you go chewing on that chicken leg, wonder why, mm, I don't feel good today. No, I'm not kidding. No, they, they didn't have to worry about drinking water from lead pipes after somebody took their clean water source. And then you wonder why the children can't learn. No, no, no. Some stuff had nothing to do with the devil other than the devil that's making some of this stuff. You have to realize that, that there's a new era based on human consumption and humans putting things into the earth realm. I know, I'm, I done messed somebody's head up. Not all requests are answered in a positive way, but here's what Paul teaches us. He says, look, this thing, I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. He, in other words, I prayed over it three times. Now, I don't think he meant, he just simply means I had three prayer sessions about God taking it away. No, he means I spent some deep time before the Lord on three occasions. 
they may have been three series of fasting and praying before the Lord. It doesn't mean that he just went before the Lord early in the morning and in the early afternoon and then that night and said, well, I prayed three times. I got up the next morning. I still had it, so God must have left. No, what he really was trying to relate to you is I spent time before the Lord, multiple efforts, putting my request before God, only to discover that on this situation, the answer was no. And every believer has to understand there are times when God's answer is no. Come here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If our God wants to deliver us, he will. But if he doesn't, it doesn't mean he couldn't. He could have. Sometimes God will let you go through your fiery furnace. The good thing about it is he goes with us. We don't go by ourselves. Did not we put in three? And yet there's four. And the fourth one looks like the Son of God. Look here, look what he says, look what God says. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And Paul answers, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He says, look, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and deal with this. Whatever it is that I have to deal with, I'm going to deal with it. I point out to you afresh, it doesn't mean that I made my request that I'm going to get a positive answer. Sometimes God is not going to answer me the way I want God to answer me. God is not on the end of your puppet string. He's not there. He's God all by himself. He won't share his place with anyone else. But the second thing that I think we need to learn, the first of which is that we must make a request. The second thing that I think we need to be aware of and we are responsible for is reliance. Reliance. What do you mean, Reverend? I mean that in your desire for more, you cannot surrender yourself to anything else but God. I see now so many celebrities on TV now. They're sitting down with this Long Island medium. And now this little boy walking around talking about he talking to the dead. And all these people are going around. They want to be in seances. They want to go to spiritualists. They want to go to, to, to their sign and, and ask for the more and the direction from the earth realm. Or from the pit. You, 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 you need to realize that your reliance has to be on God. If God doesn't give it to me, I don't need it. Hello? I don't, I don't care if the medium told you something that, that sounded right. You can go on down there and see Madame Beelzebub if you want to. You can go see Billy Slewfoot. You can go get rabbit foot and put it underneath your bed. Put your hair of your enemies in, the, in your sock. Talking about you're going to walk on their head. 
get you some wicked oil and put it around, throw some salt, grab some roots, put them in a jar, stink up the house, get you a little dead chicken foot, get you some powder and put it across the doorway. No, man, I, I, I look, I'm being real now because see, and, and not all the not all the workers are in Louisiana. Some of them are, some of them in Connecticut. But you wouldn't be the first believer or the first person of God that turned to something else when you didn't hear from God. You wouldn't be the first believer that turned to an alternative when God didn't speak quick enough. Your reliance has to be on God. You can get that little foolishness out your head. I don't care, I don't care how many signs they put up on your block and got, they, they, they look here, come over here, I got a crystal ball to look at. Really? Really? <clears throat> you gonna govern your life by a mood ring? Really? Shake up your mood ring to tell you what to do? Really? Now, come on, come on. I'm, I'm in the Word now. I don't think I'm out. 1 Samuel chapter 28. Now, this, this is book here. I'm, I'm going to do this from the New King James Version. 1 Samuel 28. Beginning at verse 1. He says, now it happened in those days that the Philistines gathered their army together for war to fight with Israel. And Ashkel said to David, you surely know that you will go out with me to battle, you and your men. So David said to Asher, surely you know what your servant can do. And Asher said to David, therefore I will make you one of my chief guardians forever. Now Samuel had died. Samuel what? Died. Samuel had been the voice of God. He had been the word, person that spoke on behalf of the Lord, the prophet of God. And all Israel had lamented for him and buried him in Ramah, in his own city. And Saul had put the mediums and the spiritualists out of the land. Saul had done like God told him to do. He put all the mediums and the spiritists out the land. Then the Philistines gathered together and came and encamped at Shunem. So Saul gathered all Israel together and they encamped at Gibeah. When Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart trembled greatly. Somebody say chump. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sorry. Just, just like he was before Goliath, here he is again, facing the enemy without God. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, now he inquires of the Lord. He thinks he's on priest now. He's of the Lord. Do, the Lord did not what? Answer him, either by dreams or by Urim or by the prophets. He inquired of God, and God did not answer. He inquired of God, God did not answer. He put his request in, and God did not answer. He talked to the Lord, and the Lord did not answer. You know what happens to me when, when I talk to God and he don't answer? You know what I do? I think it's a standstill time. Till I see the salvation of the Lord. God, what are you saying? Sometime I get ready to do something, there's a check in my spirit, but there's no voice in my head. I want to be still. 
and see what God is getting ready to do. Okay, well, it's gone. Verse 7, then Saul said to his servants, find me one of them folk I kicked out. Find me a woman who is a medium that I may go to her and inquire of her. One text says, find me a witch. That's what it says. Find me a witch. And his servant said to him, in fact, there's a woman who is a medium in Endor. Now, here's when you know you're foul. So Saul disguised himself and put on other clothes, and he went, two men with him, and they came to the woman by night. Sneaky rascal. And he said, please conduct a seance for me. Did y'all hear me? Please conduct a what? And bring up for me the one I shall name to you. And the woman said to him, look, you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and the spiritualists from the, city, from the land. Why then do you lay a snare for my life to cause me to die? And Saul swore to her by the Lord, saying, as the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. And the woman said, whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, bring up Samuel for me. Ain't that a dog? Here you are. You just purged the land, and then you went back into the trash heap to get back what you purged. You just got rid of what God told you to get rid of. You cleaned up what God told you to clean up, and then you went back to get it because life was not going the way you wanted it to go. We have responsibility. We have responsibility to rely on God and God alone. I see some of y'all trying to look down to read because y'all know how the story is. So let's read a little more together and then that'll satisfy your curiosity and you go back and read it tonight. Daddy looked up at me and said, <laughs> you know what I'm doing. Listen, listen. Here's what he said. <laughs> he said, bring up Samuel. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman spoke to Saul saying, why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. And the king said to her, do not be afraid. What did you see? And the woman said to Saul, I saw a spirit ascending out of the earth. So he said to her, what is this form? And she said, an old man is coming up and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel and he stooped his face to the ground and bowed down. What the ham sandwich? Now Samuel said to Saul, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul answered, I'm deeply distressed. I got to stop. I'm about to make myself mad. Let me say it again. This is important. If you don't get nothing I say, nothing else I say. Don't be deceived because someone practicing something other than biblical faith can see something or do something. Don't be deceived that someone working with a spirit of divination can have knowledge that you don't know how they got it. Because it is not the knowledge that you need to be worried about, it's the source. As much as I love my sated mother who's with the Lord now, 
I don't want mama speaking to me till I get the glory. Anything she needed to say, she said it before she went to be with Jesus. Hello? I don't care how much you loved your loved one that went on. I don't care how wise they were. No. 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 Now, someone will say to me, and I, I'm going to break my, from my, my teaching here because I just got a glimpse of someone's thoughts, so let me just see if I can help someone right now. Someone will say to me, you know, whenever I need to make a decision, I can kind of see my mother, and, and it kind of lets me know which way to go. That's not necessarily your mother coming back from the, end, from the, the other world. No, it's not. What has happened in your life is this individual has made an impression upon you for right and wrong. And you know when you're doing right, it aligns with the spirit that she walked in. So you perceive her, you sense that that would have been something she would have affirmed. It is not her. Amen? So when you dream about somebody that passed on, that, 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 that would say they were really mean, and you see them next to someone else, you, you say, oh man, I, I gotta watch this person right here. And you may try to say that this person who was of the, of beyond has gone on is speaking to you. No, they're not. It is a part of the total unconscious memory that you carry in your soul, which is both cognitive information and emotional grinding of the, your life experience. And so what you're taking is the, the information, data, and facts, and you are analyzing them in your spirit, and you're coming up with an answer. But don't fool yourself that this is the individual, because God doesn't work like that. <sighs> Which is why in this case, Sam is like, man, you fool. You ain't, this ain't of God. This is not how God works. Your reliance has to be on God. Okay? I, I know, I, I know I'm, I'm almost out of time tonight. Jeez, I could go on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get off it for just a moment. Finally, and I'm going to stop with this subject tonight. We'll get to this last point, and I'm going to be done for the night. The last point. And the last point is... You're responsible for being reali realistic. Realistic. What do you mean, Reverend? I mean that sometimes what we want from God, not only does it not match what God is doing in the earth realm, but it really doesn't make sense. And sometimes we're asking for stuff that God's not going to do. And sometimes we're asking for stuff that we already know ought not to be done. But we put in the request anyway, just in case God wants to do something different. While yet remaining realistic. What do you mean, Reverend? Write it down. I don't have time to read it right now. But Matthew 25, 26 rather, 36 through 46. Maybe I'll come back to it next week when I'm trying to finish this up. Matthew 20, 26, 36 to 46, Jesus is in the garden. He's prayed. He's been before God. Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. All the while knowing that the only way 
to save humanity is to die. But his own humanity reaches out in case there be another way. While remaining realistic, nevertheless, not as I will, but your will be done. Are you following me? He asked with full knowledge that a blood sacrifice is required for salvation. Full knowledge, just in case. There's been a reprieve in heaven, another rule made, something else there. But realistically knowing, this sacrifice is mine. Last scripture, take it home with you. I'm done for the night. I'm, I've gone a little longer than I intended, but I feel pretty good. Last scripture, take this one home. Joshua 10, go back and read it when you get a chance. Joshua 10. Because here's what I want to tell you as I close tonight. While I tell you to be realistic, never be so realistic as to not remain bold. Never be so realistic as to not remain bold. What do you mean, Reverend? I mean, sometimes you just got to put a bold request out before God. Say, here it is, God. Can you do this one? Reverend, why, why do you pre take us to Joshua chapter 10? I'm glad you asked. Because it is in Joshua chapter 10 that they're in the middle of a battle. And when they're in the middle of the battle, the sun is ready to go down. And you can't fight in the dark. And Joshua prays. And the Bible says that the sun stood still until they could finish the battle. Joshua prayed, Lord, hold it up. And then the scripture said, never happen again in history. Go back and read it. It'll bless your bones. Hold it up. Don't let the sun go down. Your servant needs you to give us complete victory. I don't want to fight this same battle again tomorrow. This battle ends today. Don't let me wake up in the morning with this same enemy in front of me. I want this battle to end today. Lord, if it means you've got to extend the day that this battle can end today, hold it up, God. Let the sun stand still. I don't know what it's going to throw off anywhere else in the universe, but right now I need you to hold it up. We got a victory to win, and today is the day of our victory. Hold it up. Remain bold. Remain bold. Even while being realistic, let your request be made known. I need more. I need more. I need more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.